Hello, welcome to Off The Shelf Reviews. Eyes burn with stinging sweat. And I'm Gary. And today we're going to review and discuss Terminator Salvation, which came out in 2009, written by John Brancato and Michael Ferris, and directed by McGee. Ian, why don't you give us the synopsis? Well, the story follows Christian Bale as John Connor in the future of 2018. Skynet has started a war with humanity and John is seeking his destiny, trying to find Kyle Reese. But Skynet has one last trick under its sleeve and Marcus Wright is here to help. This is John Connor. So the uh, production history of this film kind of reads like Judgment Day. <laughs> like bombs were dropping on the making of this movie throughout. Yeah. And uh, it was a rocky road even getting to Terminator Salvation, especially yeah. when you look at what happened with the rights, how many hands kind of had ownership of Terminator at one point and then let it go. Yeah. You know, Jonathan Mostow was set to return to do Terminator 4 after the success of Terminator, Terminator 3. 3 yeah. Well, I mean, we all know Terminator 3 wasn't the success. It wasn't the Terminator 2 that everyone kind of imagined it yep. would be. Yeah. Um, and so eventually the rights left, so Moscow was, Moscow was let go, everyone was let go, they decided to... I mean, the, the script went through like 15 different writers. <laughs> yeah. You know? It was like, well, yeah. this person's going to have a stab at it. No, it's not good enough. Right? You have a stab at it. They even, I think they even have Jonathan Nolan you know, working on it at one point. Damn. And that was how he had the connection with Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah. So another studio ended up buying the rights to it. I think it was the Halcyon Company. Okay. Which was pretty much made up of, like, Wall Street bankers. You know, they'd, they'd not financed a movie before. <laughs> they'd never produced a movie before. Yet they were like, we've just brought Terminator. We can, we, we, we're going to turn this now into three movies. This will be the first of a new trilogy. Let's get the best director we can. Oh, oh, wait. Let's get the cheapest director we can. <laughs> this guy's just did the two Charlie's Angels movies. They were yeah. great. They have Bill Murray in it. Yeah. Well, apparently, Bill Murray headbutted McGee on the set of those films with how much he hated him. Yeah. <laughs> I, I hope nobody loses their shit on the set of Terminator Salvation. That would be bad. <laughs> the, the fuck are you doing? Are you professional or not? Yes, I am. Do I fucking walk around and rip that? No, shut the fuck up, Bruce. Do I want? No! No! First off, how does a guy walk around with just a name Muck G? Like, how? 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 Yeah, this guy did Charlie's Angels and, and Charlie's Angels 2. But then he'd go on to do The Babysitter. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I had no faith in a Terminator movie after Terminator 2. Uh, I, you know, I went and saw Terminator 3, but I lived through Alien 3 when that happened. So I had little to no faith that Terminator 3 was going to be the underwhelming success that it was. You know, got Arnie back and it looked cool. I mean, I did read notes they were aiming to bring Nick Stoll back and, and Claire but yeah, Danes. But the script... After it went through a different writer, they decided to move the timeline up so yeah. that they needed to replace the actors. And and that's always been the problem, really, at the crux of Terminator, is how do you continue the timeline? How do you continue the story? We know the story. A Terminator must go back in time to try to kill Sarah Connor. A hero is sent back. Her son is born. It saves the future. Blah, 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 blah. Well, we've already had that, like, Three times. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I, I didn't write them. I just watched them. And when it came to this one, I I like Christian Bale. I really do. Uh, I remember I remember the first time I watched him. I think it was in, um, I think it's Empire of the Sun. You know, where he is like a little child actor. I think it was in, um, I think it's Empire of the Sun. You know, where he is like a little child actor. You know, I've, I've watched his career. I've watched his career rise, and regardless of what people say about his movies, he has always been a star. Like, when I talk post-apocalyptic movies, Reign of Fire. Yeah. You know, that movie kind of works. At the, at the time, it bombed, it was fucking booed out of cinemas, it's slandered. But me, I like dragons. 
And yeah, me too. Chris and Bale <laughs> killing dragons was cool. So then we got him as Batman, and I wasn't too sure about him being Batman, but he he works works as Batman. And then they talked about bringing him in for Terminator, and Sam Worthington, not really a big fan of Sam Worthington. He's alright. He's alright. He's alright. That, that's as much as I can get from him. He's alright. <laughs> he had his moment, you know. I mean, this was part of that moment. That, exactly. Now, this is... Clash the... of Titans, Avatar, Terminator Salvation. Man on legs. Then goodbye. Fucking, yeah, it's, he, somehow this guy was signed up to do Avatar, and then it seemed for like the next six months, he was just doing movie after movie after movie. And I didn't not like him because of his acting... I mean, he's kind of, like, like Gary says, he's all right. I got bored of him because I, you know, I was totally oversaturated. From everything I had seen from Avatar, which wasn't the global phenomenon, universe bringing peace movie that it should have been, to then seeing him in this. And I like this movie. I will go on the crutch right now at the start, regardless of what's going to happen between me and my friend as this movie goes on. I like this movie because this movie does the one thing that a lot of the other movies don't do. Time travel? <laughs> yeah. Lack of time travel? Lack of time travel. Um, no, it, it it didn't keep the focus on Arnie's face. Well, yeah, not, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. It was, we needed to make a Terminator movie, but we can't rely on the face of the Terminator. Which is good because I wanted to try to try something else. So the movie kind of starts with Marcus Wright, Sam Worthington's character, sat in a jail cell and he's on death row. He's just going to be taken off and killed because something's happened with his brother and a couple of cops. I'm not sure. Is it a bank robbery? Did he murder them in a fit of rage? You know what I did. My brother and two cops are dead because of me. I'm not looking for a second chance. I mean, he doesn't seem like the type from the get-go. We just have to take the word for it that he did something horrible. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. And we got well. the Helena Bonham Carter. Yes. Who, you know, she only has a very minor role in the film. It's still very significant. Apparently, most of her scenes were not shot, though, because she had a real-life family tragedy happen while filming, and she had to fly all the way back to London and uh, and, and skip out on a lot of the filming. But, uh, yeah, she's here, and she's also dying. Yes. Uh, and But she's, like, take, you know, she confirms that he signed his body on to research of some kind. Yeah, she works for... For Skynet or the early Cyberdyne Cyberdyne yeah. systems at this point because this is or the early Cyberdyne Cyberdyne yeah. systems at this point because this is obviously set before the war and I like to continuity it and say this is before Nick Stoll has met up with the Terminator before Judgment Day has happened um, so she is working for the system and they want to take his body once he's dead for some R&D research which, you know, for me is kind of like a cool little setup because as a Terminator fan, I've just gone through three movies, they're chopping this motherfucker up and using his skin to cover a T-800. That's it. <laughs> you know, he's, if he's there for talking and diplomatic missions, pfft, I'm out. Um, but we get the, you know, the cool little setup of just him being taken away and, you know, he, Sam Worthington, Marcus Wright is just like, nah, I don't care. No final words. I know what I did. This is my judgment day. Wink, wink. <laughs> um, and he gets taken out. Now, the next sequence, though, is, I will say, absolutely fantastic. The, uh, you know, we have the title sequence, the Terminator music. Yes, yes. I will say, you know, I think it's Danny Elfman did the music yes, for this one. Yeah. I don't like it. <laughs> I don't like the 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 remixed theme tune of Terminator. I will mm. say he does some great reminders of, of Brad Fidel's original music. Yes, he yes. He does build yes. on great... Uh, in some areas he enhances it, and in some areas I don't like what he did with it. So it, for me, the music was a bit of a mixed bag, but it's there. Yeah. You recognize the Terminator theme. But this opening, it's one take, one shot of the helicopter flying in. Uh, the helicopter's coming oh, around, the drone around, strike, and, and then, all that and kind then of stuff. landing, and then, you know, landing, crushing the Terminator oh. skull, like the end of the first movie. Yes. You know, I was just like, that whole one shot, and then Connor getting out, I was like, it's very well framed. Great cinematography. The only thing you're looking at this like straight away, like first time watching it as a Terminator fan, you're like, this isn't the future war. This looks nothing like, you know, James Cameron's Terminator for the fact somebody's turned the sun on. Yeah, it's not all nighttime <laughs> and just destroyed cities like we'd always imagined. But 
I always kind of figured that, I, I always hoped that that wasn't just it. And as I'd learned from Terminator 2, from the behind the scenes of Terminator 2, all of their sequences were shot in New Mexico at night time to, to help that. So having daytime, I love because that means I can see stuff. All right, it might look a little bit dodgy. Like, like you said, the helicopter landing on the Terminator, it's a prosthetic model that it's landing on. But I keep it in my head that T-600s, they've got rubber skin. Yeah. You know, they're easy <laughs> to spot. So this is still early stages of the war. It is. I mean, we are now... I mean, for all intents and purposes, Terminator Salvation is one of those Terminator films that doesn't actually matter anymore because its whole existence has been vaporized as an alternate timeline from the Terminator films that come afterwards. No, so, no. Those two this. films are two separate movies that go off on two different timelines. Yeah, they're, they're not exactly. They're, they're, no. all, they're all alternate timelines at this point because of all the different machines that have sent back. They have altered yes, timelines. Yes, yes, yes. So it's also the fact that this is, yes, also set before the flashbacks we've seen in other Terminator films by about 10 years yes so we can imagine that skynet hasn't developed laser weapons yet it hasn't developed time travel yet yes it's still yes. making that technology which then we can imagine the resistance fighters get hold of and use it against them so it's building to that and because this was set as a three picture deal yes it was going to evolve into that future war as time progressed through these movies but also on a visual point i had this problem with terminator 3 is that all of these terminator sequels after 2 don't mm visually look like Terminator films out even outside of the future war because of that blue tint that James Cameron put on those yes, two movies. Yes, and yes, when you see it yes. and it looks stark and it kind of looks like the Mad Max, you know, Road Warrior desert setting, which doesn't make you think Terminator, but I will say when you see the Terminators, the T six hundreds, yes, you know, Stan Winston, bless him, passed away while making this film. Uh, and it's you know it's the last film that he would work on, and he created the uh, the endoskeleton. They still look fantastic here as well. I mean, I love this whole opening sequence. Christian Bell leaping down into the hole. This is maybe my eighth or ninth time of watching it, and I just I know the formula. You know, you're going to get your main actor to go through some really elaborate sets, some really crazy set pieces, and the. Like what you were saying about the camera work, like there's a sequence. So Christian Bale goes down with his team. He starts searching the inside of this silo. You know, that you hear over the radio comms that there's not that many Terminators around. It's really too quiet. Um, there's human beings down here and they found the research because now Skynet is starting to develop the T-800s, which now Connor, Christian Bale's character, I like to think since Nick Stoll, you know, has come out of the underground bunker from Terminator 3. I will say, like, of, of all the Terminator sequels, this is the last one that actually follows yes, 1, 2, 3, to that extent. And that's why I love it, right? I like to think Nick Stoll came out of the tunnel, uh, came out of the bunker with, with Claire for, I don't know how long they were down there for, you know, they had enough supplies. They were communicating with people at the end of T3. Uh, they've come out. Now, how do you, the prophet of the future... The guy who you know this whole universe is kind of based around. If you die, humanity is lost. How do you tell the generals that you're the man in charge? No. Nobody's going to listen to you. So Christian Bale's John Connor in charge. No. Nobody's going to listen to you. So Christian Bale's John Connor is working his way up through the ranks. Well, I guess he had the benefit of being at a central communications area that was working right after the bombs dropped. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. yeah I don't. A lot of people know his name and would just look to him for advice, which is which is what they build on in here, which yes. is a nice acknowledgement of what came before. Because I love this, because he, he, he realises, John's realised now is the time where the T-800 start being developed, and he goes out of the bunker. He gets told by the the actual guy in charge, Connor, get out there and tell those men uh, they're still just supposed to answer me even when they're dead. And I'm like, oh man, that's harsh. And then Connor goes out there and I like this whole sequence as well. There's something about McGee's camera work that you watch Connor see a HK or transport or whatever flying away. And so he runs up to a helicopter, throws it out, gets in the helicopter. Was well, because all of his team that were up there were also dead. All dead. Everyone's yeah. Um, but it's it's kind of like a green screen because the camera doesn't move from the side shot of John Connor from Christian Bale, but everything around him does. He yeah. tries to get up in the air. He tries to get orientation. Then the bomb goes off. He completely loses control. He comes crashing down. I can't argue if like somebody else can tell me if I'm wrong, but that 
camera work was good. Yeah, I really liked it. It was a, a great intro to the film, like the, the discovering of the Skynet working on the, the Terminator model that we know. Yeah. You know, John Connor, we're seeing him, you know, like this military hero. Yeah. And uh, and then the, the, the mushroom cloud afterwards is like, yeah, <laughs> like we're in, yeah. we're in. And he's now got to go to command, and he's just like, I'm going to go. But we watch Marcus climb out. Marcus comes, rises out of the ashes of yeah. the mushroom cloud, and he's just like, okay, well, I guess I'm here now. And I guess, well, this film doesn't have time travel in it, but I guess it's reverse time travel, because he goes from modern day to the future, <laughs> instead of the other way around. <laughs> now, I, I don't know if I should say now, but first time I watched this... I knew how it was just going to completely play out, and I didn't need Wikipedia to tell me. Well, no, because like the trailers let everyone know Arnie was the good guy in the second one. Yeah, you know, and the trailers in this one let everyone know that Marcus was a Terminator, and in Terminator Genesis, they let everyone know that John Connor was a Terminator. Yeah, but it's like these trailers told everybody everything anyway. But like, but I, when I sat down, like the trailer was one thing. When I sat down and watched, and I watched Marcus climb out, I just, I just knew how the story was going to play out. First off, this guy could not survive a nuclear a nuclear explosion like that on his own and just kind of scream. You know, uh, secondly, we've already seen him die at the beginning. So whatever this is, it's not Marcus Wright. He thinks he is. It thinks he is. But it's something else. But I also kind of like that because I've gone through three movies of Arnie just coming back through time and doing stuff. I haven't got Arnie now. So yeah, I'm, I'm, no. <laughs> I'm kind of on my own, which is which I feel is a good thing because it takes me back to Terminator One with Kyle Reese of what was going on there, like how who am I following here? So, well, well, speaking of Kyle Reese, yeah, we follow Marcus around for a little bit and he finds the first person in this wasteland. <laughs> He's like, "Hey, hello, friendly face here," and of course, it's one of those rubber faced skeletons although it's missing its rubbery face yeah uh and uh, we get our first like t600 you know massive minigun just a yeah just a machine i mean it's not i'm, I'm glad it's not a t800 because i mean i mean it's not I'm, I'm glad it's not a t800 because too much of terminator 2 just makes it a ripoff of terminator 2 so if we'd had t800 right from the start i'd be like that's cool but it's ripping off terminator 2 this one you know it he looks Battle damage. It looks like he's had a bit of a war. Parts of him actually look like it's rotten skin. Well, yeah, that yeah. That he might have put on himself. And then Kyle Reese turns up to rescue Marcus. And <laughs> is it cliche or or is it fun that between Anton Yeltsin, God bless his soul, you know, and 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 Sam Warrington, they just keep throwing back Michael Bean lines at each other. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, but I mean, they keep throwing back Michael Bean lines at each other. Well, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, but I mean, the obvious one, "Come with me if you want to live." That one there's going to make you groan or make you go. Aah. I liked it. I liked it. Uh, but there's lots of like subtle things in there in the film as well. Yeah. Like like the favorite part is when he shows him about the shotgun because he holds the shotgun to yes. Marcus. Marcus yes. takes the gun, reverses it, and he's like, "Here, use this string." strap and use the shotgun on your shoulder which of course is what we see him do in the first one i was like there's a lot of little nods like that there's a moment where he's like oh, we need to get a vehicle and if we're going to get you to john connor and they think they go to griffith park observatory yes yeah which is the location, location. where the first oh, terminator appears in so it's just like it's great and now there, there's lots of other things in here as well like more subtle callbacks that you might not be aware of like the gas station you know oh. at the end of the first movie you know sarah connor she fills up yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. She, you know, at the end of the first movie, you know, Sarah Connor, she fills up yeah, 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 before yeah. she drives off. Yeah, yeah, in yeah. In the second film, they go to that gas station to do the uh, the operation on the Terminator yeah. after they escape the asylum. Yeah. In the third film, the Terminator goes there to get supplies. Talk to the hand. Oh, yeah. You know? And now in the fourth film, they also go there for supplies. And it's just like, man. Oh, man. All of it's the exact same gas station there's, throughout time. There's just little <laughs> things in this movie that a lot of people give it shit but I think some of the, the maybe somebody somewhere was either subtly trying to sneak them in for the fans or they were like look we just need to keep hitting people with Terminator 1, 2 and 3 references yeah. to keep this movie inside that universe but that's what I like is like you know they didn't hit you over the head with it like the, the ones after this would do yes, so more yes. obvious ones yes it, it does feel like that I'm not going to admit that to some people it, 
it doesn't but i was ready for them and so like i like i said we've we've had marcus him and kyle meeting up defeating the terminator like they defeat it like with makeshift traps that's cool I mean, I would have liked plasma guns and things like that, but we get from Anton Yeltsin that his Carl Reese is just barely surviving. You know, he's got this young girl with him, Star, who's a mute. You know, we a lot of the story stuff that they're going to set up in this movie doesn't pay off because we were supposed to get two more movies after to kind of build up those characters. We don't get it. Star, I have no idea how a child like that has survived for this long after Judgment Day with just this guy. Maybe they were part of a bigger group. Maybe, I, I don't know this guy. Maybe they were part of a bigger group. Maybe, I, I don't know. All I know is is that her and Kyle have got some tactics to take the Terminator. I don't know. All I know is is that her and Kyle have got some tactics to take the Terminator out and destroy it. They're very, very suspicious about Marcus, which is absolutely right. And, and Anton Yeltsin doesn't play a, a stupid Kyle, but a young young kyle yeah that we're thinking you know 10 more years from this point yeah he's ready uh, to come uh, back in he time. was so good in this i 100 percent believe point yeah he's ready uh, to come uh, back in he time. was so good in this i 100 percent believed he was a young kyle reese mm. like without question without doubt and and i don't mind taking little bits from maybe genesis you know when he's talking about the backstory because we don't get much backstory with kyle michael bean you know, we do hear about the laser scanners and the bodies and things like that. And it's a dark, dreary future, which this one's not. Maybe because it's a lot of it set during the day so that we can see stuff. I don't know. But maybe darkness would have worked a lot better. Some really bad storms every now and again. Uh, some of the darkness does happen because we get John Connor flying out into the middle of the ocean somewhere <laughs> this is the worst part of the film for me is it like it's so ridiculous it is ridiculous. Like, like, i don't, I don't, I don't care frog splash right into the submarine now it's so ridiculous it is ridiculous. Like, like, i don't, I don't, I don't care frog splash right into the submarine now I'm watch me john connor I'm fucking batman a john connor doesn't die into the submarine now I'm watch me john connor I'm fucking batman a john connor doesn't the submarine now watch me john connor fucking batman a john connor doesn't the submarine now watch me John Connor, I'm fucking Batman. Uh, John Connor doesn't do, doesn't drown in the ocean. John Connor is fucking badass. I mean, it's so bad we don't even see it. Like he drops, he hits the ocean, then he's soaking wet inside the submarine. It's just like fucking David Copperfield that shit. I don't know. <laughs> fucking Batman, man. I ain't arguing this shit. But one of the staples for why this movie is superior to the next bunch of fucking Terminator movies to come would be superior to the next bunch of fucking Terminator movies to come, would be superior to the next bunch of fucking Terminator movies to come, would be Michael to the next bunch of fucking Terminator movies to come, would be Michael Ironside. Uh, that's Michael fucking Ironside. Thank oh, you very much. Because this man can make any movie. He also did this film with two broken vertebrae in his back after having an accident at home. Which is why you don't see him sat down at all in that. After having an accident at home. Which is why you don't see him sat down at all in the film. I just, <laughs> man, all he has to do is to stand there and do that kind of grimace look. Yeah, and like, bark. Like he's really annoyed at something. It's just... Michael Ironside, for me, is a fucking personal favourite. I've absolutely loved his ass from Scanners all the way up through every single one of the Splinter Cell games. Fucking Sam Fisher, you know, to... To this. And so games, fucking Sam Fisher, you know, to to this. And I like how he talks down to Connor. Well, it's because he's upset because Connor's undermining his command every single turn. And no one's respecting the chain of command anymore. There is no more <laughs> chickle turn. And no one's respecting the chain of command anymore. There is no more <laughs> chain of command. That's the thing. This is the old we're guard. We're the resistance. <laughs> well, we're, yeah, we're the resistance. And it's the idea, isn't it? Like, you get it from, uh, from Kyle that you have to earn your spot in the resistance. And from Mike Wine's side, it's we, we're... We are the resistance. But through radio logs with Connor speaking out to people, um, he's like, no, every one of you is special. You, like, like when I was watching this, I'm like, oh, he's trying to talk to Kyle. Because he is, really, because he knows he has to find his father. He has to send, he has to send his father to his death, basically, and not tell him. But he's also, um, 
He's also trying to tell every single human being still alive on the planet to fight. Yes. To not give up hope and keep fighting Skynet. And so, like I said, this whole bit with, with, with Michael Ironside, they're setting up a battle because, oh, we found this signal. We've got this, we've got this signal that we've picked up that if you feed it back to the machines, it completely disables them. We've picked up that if you feed it back to the machines, it completely disables them. We've picked up that if you feed it back to the machines, it completely disables them. Oh, up there, if you feed it back to the machines, it completely disables them. Oh, also, oh, also, John, we need you to check out the signal because in four days, Skynet says we're all going to be dead, including you. A kill list was intercepted from Skynet. It said everyone in this room will be dead by week's end. You're number two on the list, and everyone in this room will be dead by week's end. You're number two on the list. I love this room will be dead by week's end. You're number two on the list. I love the fact that Skynet was just sat there. I was like, let's send an email. <laughs> let's, let, let's send it to the resistance in five days. Send an email. <laughs> let, let, let's send it to the resistance in five days. You will all be dead. Send. What? <laughs> See, I'm... <laughs> I wasn't too sure if it was them sending the message or if, like, when they had... I like, like it's, I it's, take it the machines need to Wi-Fi to talk to the other machines. It's a complete trap. Oh, we've got this signal. I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> fuck off. Where's the time machine? Oh, it's too early for that. All right, okay. Um, so, John goes off with his signal and heads back to his camp. And he comes across, which I think is a big, massive nod back to Terminator 3. You know, we've, had, we've got T1. We've, got, we've had T2. Now we've got T3, we've got the oh-so-amazing... Now we've got T3, we've got the oh-so-amazingly gorgeous Bryce Dallas... We've got the oh-so-amazingly gorgeous Bryce Dallas Howard playing um, Kate Brewster. Or Kate Connor, as she is now, because she's it's married. such John. a non-role in this film. It's, it's such a non-character. It's a nod to number three, which it keeps it in the it, loop it, of yeah. the other... Th Three but movies. I don't really get the sense of like these two as a couple, as a married like couple. What or... did you expect? It's a nuclear apocalyptic family. Yeah. She's lucky her baby. Because I was, I was, I completely freaked out when I was like, "Oh, she's pregnant." I've never realised that. But then I'm like, in a radioactive wasteland. Well, <laughs> good luck. I mean, there, heart John. transplants in a radioactive wasteland is not a problem. So childbirth's <laughs> not that can't be that big of an I issue. Mean, my... I'm just saying, like, she was a uh, not a very well known actress at this, at this point, point in time. No, no, no. Um, and I think her role also reflects that. I think it's really at this, at this point, point in point, time. No, no, no. Um, and I think her role also reflects that. I think it's really small. And it all point, time, no, no, no. Um, and I think her role also reflects that. I think it's really small. And it also bugs me the fact that she's gone from a vet to like. Like, you know, being able to do heart transplants in a space of a... I don't know how long well, it's been. Well, exa well, exactly. We have an X amount of time. So we'll go with 10 years since since the, since the she and John have got together. She's not going to sit around yeah, and but garner not, but she information. Yeah, exactly go to fucking doctor school, did she, she now? Dude, <laughs> she is going to be a trauma... Right, so... I'm doctor school, did she, she now? <laughs> dude, she is going to be a trauma... Right, so... I'm not, I'm not going to go too deep in it, but... She's, she's already got surgical skills to work on animals, so she knows how to obviously be light-handed. And how many wounded soldiers do you think she would have had to have helped during her time of battling this stuff? I would fucking learn how to do heart surgery at one point if I spent 10 years working in the Terminator universe. You ain't got time to do it when you've got to patch up all these other wounds. Exactly, but I... I just, like, like I said, I would... Other wounds. Exactly, but I... I just like, like I said, I was looking for things in this movie. To, I just like, like I said, I was looking for things in this movie to keep it connected. I just like, like I said, I was looking for things in this movie to keep it connected. To, just like, like I said, I was looking for things in this movie to keep it connected to the other series. Like I said, I was looking for things in this movie to keep it connected to the other series. Said I was looking for things in this movie to keep it connected to the other series. You know, if they had gone completely the opposite direction, keep it connected to the other series. You know, if they had gone completely the opposite direction, keep it connected to the other series. You know, if they had gone completely the opposite direction of ignoring one, two, and three completely, I don't know how I would feel. Like, maybe it would have been better, but these little nods, like we said, they're not beating us around the head. Hey, here's Kate Brewster. She's still alive and she's got a baby. Now we're going to move her away. 
because I don't actually like the way that John actually puts himself in all these desperate situations without even caring about how his wife, the way that John actually puts himself in all these desperate situations without even caring about how his wife feels. But then maybe she already knows. He's told her. Look, uh, i got to send my dad back to, uh, in, back in time, really. Oh, is this time travel? Yeah. Well, I do like the fact, <laughs> it's one of the scenes I do like is seeing John Connor sat there listening to the tapes. Yes. Uh, the scenes I do like is seeing John Connor sat there listening to the tapes. Yes. Uh, that I love Connor that. Left, cause seeing John Connor sat there listening to the tapes. Yes. Uh, that I love Connor that. left for him. John Connor sat there listening to the tapes. Yes. Uh, that I love Connor that. left for him. Yes. Now sat there listening to the tapes. Yes. Uh, that I love Connor that. left for him. Yes. Now they're listening to the tapes. Yes. Uh, that I love Connor that. left for him. Yes. Now I, I've heard two different things. I've heard that Lyndall Hamilton, in an uncredited role, mm. read some dialogue, some audio for mm. the movie. Yeah. And I've heard another source say that it's not true, and they just reused audio that they that they had before. They, two different tapes. Uh, we get. I yeah. swear, there's the one that we get from the end of the film. Yeah. Which has a couple bits added on. I feel. Tell you about your father. Will it affect your decision to send him back in time to protect me, knowing that he is your father? And he'll be younger than you, only a teenager, when you meet him. God, a person could go crazy. And then there's that whole other one. I've told you everything I know, John. Skynet is ruthless. I've told you everything I know, John. Skynet is ruthless and unpredictable. Which is something that we'd never heard. And I'm like, that's definitely Linda Hamilton. Exactly. Right? At least we know it is Linda Hamilton. That's yeah. its voice that we're listening to. And uh, I like the fact that he's studying them and replaying them. And the fact that she must have recorded a bunch of these tapes. Well, yeah. and, and how he then knows like what point in time he should be able to look for his dad. Uh, at which point in time the T-800s are going to be starting to arrive. And you know what time time yeah. travel will be invented. So I like that. You know, that that connection is there, and it's strong. ...thinking about this. But if you don't send Kyle, you can never be, and Skynet will... Yeah, and, and for me, it's just... ...send Kyle, you can never be, and Skynet will... Yeah, and, and for me, it's just like... ...Kyle, you can never be, and Skynet will... Yeah, and, and for me, it's just like, okay, John... ...you can never be, and Skynet will... Yeah, and, and for me, it's just like, okay, John... ...you can never be, and Skynet will... Yeah, and, and for me, it's just like, okay, John... Yeah, and, and for me, it's just like, okay, John doesn't hate his mother anymore. You know, in T3, he kind of had this relationship, but now, like you said, he's studied... He's embraced it now, because yeah. he, Judgment Day did happen. And the, the and having the Kate Brewster, their character, is kind of the support figure, you know, because Kyle and Marcus and Star get into this whole fucking situation. It's a great, great sequence. They stop at the gas station, they're looking for supplies... God knows how these people are surviving in this little station. They're looking for supplies. God knows how these people are surviving in this little bit here. You know, Skynet must be taking a slow day or something. But then... Well, they do say when they're picking up the scanners that Skynet's never pushed this far in deep before. They must be looking for looking something. Looking for something. So. And if they're tracking Marcus, then they are constantly looking to capture Kyle. And they even get that little arrow thing in the car. Yeah. Scan him. So, yeah, they're pushing deeper. Star seems to have some kind of precognitive spider sense power to pick up electromagnetic disturbances. Because every time the Terminator's nearby, she has that death stare. She has the death stare. And the big mech turns up and just starts capturing that survivors and blasting things left and right. I have no idea how well how how stealthy that thing is because it didn't make a sound getting there you know there was no vibrations you know it was just start just going smash like when you cut outside and you hear that thing stomping around you're just like how did no one notice that yeah. But it is a great sequence, you know, they, they you see everyone trying to escape in trucks, mm. they're all getting blown Blasted, up by yeah. rockets and missiles, and they're like, well, we, we can't outrun it, we have to distract it, and so they try to blow it up, and it is one hell of a fireball, Yeah. but then, like, Terminator 1, we see the Terminator rise out of the flames, yeah. and pursues the chase, but it's distracted, it's out of range, and so it releases the motorbike Terminators. Terminators. I... I... I had been playing many Terminator video games, and as the years had developed, the game developers couldn't keep just using the same models, and so they'd started to develop 
different Terminators for the video games. So when I saw little aero shoot copters with cameras or transports, you know, things that were different to the standard HK big tank tread things that we would, which aren't even say big tank tread things that we would, which aren't even supposed to be developed yet because we still got another possible 10 years to get the plasma weaponry. These bikes dropping down, I'm like, Transformers, Terminators, doesn't matter, who cares, you know? It's just another cool chase sequence with the truck, Anton Yeltsin hanging out the back with his shotgun, trying to damage it. Leading up to some crazy bridge crash. You know, it's like... Like, I don't know if this is, is, is the sequence over the top or is it really well filmed? I, I really like it. You it's... know, it's uh, the, the bridge crash, watching watching the two of them fall out of the truck. And then you're like, what the hell? And you see them get grabbed <laughs> yeah. by the collector, puts them in and Marcus has been abandoned, you know. And uh, and then where he ends up continuing the fight, he jumps he, onto the, exactly, onto the jumps area. Exactly, down with the fucking but, uh, he, And you get those two A-10 flyers coming in because... Connor is obviously his his group have been scanning them and they're like, yeah. look, we need to get birds in the air. Now I'm like, how have you been keeping those birds in the air? Where do they where do they land? Keeping them fueled? Wouldn't sky probably on the submarine as well. You're, yeah. <laughs> yep, yep. Let's just go. <laughs> but you get these two planes come in and it's a cool little sequence where they actually destroy a HK and they're trying to put fire into the transport, but then it drops another HK off. And it just flies off after them and it and it takes them out. I like, like, it was one of the points where I knew th there was no way he could have survived it unless he was a fucking machine. But yep. it's the way that Marcus Wright kind of, you know, skips like a stone over the top of the water when he lands. <laughs> yeah, he like, there's no surviving that. No, you're, you're dead. You are dead, <laughs> mate. You are dead. And then watching him kind of get up like, oh, I'm like, yep, he's a machine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and now this is like, for me, because like Moon Bloodgood, you know she she's really cool. She's got a really cool name. Yeah, yeah, you know, and she's got a decent part in this. But like, granted, like three movies they were planning. But yeah, yeah, it just feels like there was more. There should have been more for her to do, or more for Kate Brewster to do. Uh, I don't know. Like their roles seem divided somehow. Uh, but yeah. now we get like. I mean, I know for a fact that, you know, the, the script went through all the iterations it did. And, mm. you know, at, like at one point, Christian Bale was like, oh, I want to play Marcus. Oh, I want to play John Connor. Oh, I want to play Marcus. So they kept expanding different parts of the story. Yeah. Instead of keeping it focused on what they wanted, they introduced too much. And so when we now have this developing relationship with Marcus and... Blair, yeah, uh, you know, like we watch them getting cozy at night because she's getting cold. You know, she, she gets he, he saves by... her from from some muggers. Yeah, they, they want to rape her, but they they don't because they get beaten up. But they let them live. I think now is also a really good point to bring up the fact that this is the first PG Terminator. Let them live. I think now is also a really good point to bring up the fact that this is the first PG Terminator movie. Ah, uh, yeah. Uh, now, granted, like McGee said, he shot the film as intended. Uh, um, and then went, oh, actually, it's going to be a PG movie. And the studio is really happy with that because they want all the money back. Um, but he has gone on to say that he did that because they want all the money back. Um, but he has gone on to say that he did shoot some extra stuff. He even recently said, I want to release. But he has gone on to say that he did shoot some extra stuff. He even recently said, I want to release my unrated. He has gone on to say that he did shoot some extra stuff. He even recently said, I want to release my unrated cut. He did shoot some extra stuff. He even even recently said i want to release my unrated cut yeah everybody's but done unrated the, the, cut nowadays the, the, there is an r-rated version of the film where moonblood good does get her boobs out here like it's a pointless scene where she walks away from marcus takes off all her clothes they both stare at each other then she's fully dressed then the muggers turn up yeah and you're I, just like what was the point in that other than yeah i i saw this 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 section kind of does bring the movie down for me a little bit but but this 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 section kind of does bring the movie down for me a little bit but but it does also also help develop sam worthington but it does also also help develop sam worthington but it does also also help develop sam worthington marcus it does also also help develop Sam Worthington Marcus Wright as I'm trying to be a good guy. Yes. You know, I I know everybody has had it in for me from the beginning of this fucking movie, but I am trying my best to fucking help. And and he does, like even when he goes to kill that fucking 
uh, rapist or mugger or just random guy, uh, Blair wounds him and they leave him. And so you're just like, yeah, I don't want to push myself. Another very uh, subtle callback to Terminator 2. Yeah. Shooting him in the leg. Ah. He'll live. Yes, that <laughs> is true. Uh, do you, a little bit of trivia for you, for you. Do you know what other film Blair was, well, Moon Bloodgood was doing this yeah, year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was, was it Dead or Alive? Or was it? No, Chun-Li. 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 I knew it was one of those <laughs> terrible movies. But basically, they work, they hike their way all the way back to uh, Connor's base. Because luckily, Marcus, Marcus has been incredibly lucky to not only find Kyle as well, and then get Kyle caught, but now he's being led all the way back to John Connor, so he can tell John about Kyle. Except they've got to walk through the minefield to get there. Yeah. Which is specifically set up to kill Terminators. Mm-hmm. Any metal in the mines will stick to it. So as soon to kill Terminators. Mm-hmm. Any metal in the mines will stick to it. So as soon as you see it latch onto his leg. Oh, like, if you got to this point in the movie and you were shocked he was a Terminator, <laughs> good on you. Good <laughs> on you. Because, wow. Like, I, would, I was waiting for him to go off, like, hours ago. But it's cool. It's... It sets up because everybody is now freaking out. I'm like, oh, did he stepped on a mine? Is he injured? And everybody is now freaking out. I'm like, oh, did he stepped on a mine? Is he injured? And, okay, yeah, minor role, but I do like it when the camera looks at Bryce Dallas Howard and she's just looking at the body and she's like, Barnes? And Barnes just comes along, common, and just <laughs> smacks the Terminator in the face and knocks him out. And then you get the confrontation between Marcus and John Connor now. And John Connor is like, you know why you're here. You were sent here to kill me. We've been at this since before either of us were born. And Marcus is like, dude, seriously, I woke up like two days ago. I have no, what the fuck is this shit in me? What the hell? Because it's crazy. The last thing he would have remembered would have been being put to death yeah. and signing his body off. And then the very next month, it's, it's great. I like like I said, I, you know, Sam Worthington is a bit of a meh actor, but when I really think about his parts yeah, and then think about how he's trying to deliver this really difficult I just thing think that this for me is when the film just starts to go and just falls into a big pile of what the fuck. Like, it, it for me, it removes all the sting and presence of Skynet when you sit there and go, this is Skynet's master plan? Yes, it's to infiltrate. Yeah, but... Because the plan's not completely finished yet. He's now giving the information to but, John that Kyle's been kidnapped. The wrong person that John's been looking for throughout the movie. Now, stay with me because we already know the fucking script was all over the place. Yeah. yeah? And so the main thing about this movie... All over the place. Yeah. yeah. And so the main thing about this movie is Skynet has come up with the idea of instead of sending the Terminator to kill John or Kyle... Send a Terminator to bring them well, back. Well, in this instance, if they had, yeah, he probably would have done. <laughs> it's like, but no, you know, what? we're going to give, we're going to give this 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 Marcus Terminator, like you know, free license to do whatever he wants. Like, we're going to make him believe he's human. He's a con. It's got a conscience, right? That's that's another thing. He's got a conscience, and then that that kind of makes you think about everybody else's conscience because then. Uh, they want to kill him. They want to kill Marcus and find out what the hell's going on. They've got the signal. They're going with that plan. Even though John's like, no, I need to infiltrate Skynet's base and save my father. Which, I'll admit, doesn't seem like a big thing in this movie. I'm like, that's, this, what, it, that's what should have been the big thing. Dude, seriously, your dad dying is like a big thing. But I also get why nobody else doesn't care or doesn't believe john as much because it's still so early in the war this is the first part exactly of the trilogy. That, that's that's what i wanted to focus on is john connor becoming this great military leader he was supposed to and, be in the and, second and, and third and, movie yeah, I, I know but at least getting to that point where everyone just goes it is john like head of military head of everything he knows how to save yeah. the war but like and having him save his dad to get him ready to send him back in time later mm. that for me was what the story should have been and not Marcus now going, oh, well, am I a man? Am I a machine? I've been made by Skynet. What do they want from me? And other characters going, I don't see a machine. I see a man. Yeah, yeah. And it's just like, what? all of this stuff but is just... But their conscience what also is it? builds up. I mean, Blair helps um, Marcus escape. And then during the escape, he protects her a couple of times. And then escape. And then during the escape, he protects her a couple of times. And then, I mean, you get this really stupid sequence where... Connor is in the helicopter trying trying to chase them down with 
you know, guns and he drops a napalm, which in fairness, chase them down with, you know, guns and he drops a napalm, which in fairness, chase them down with, you know, guns and he drops a napalm, which in fairness, Skynet, if you weren't paying attention, you could have just flown your whole army there and killed their, their, killed their secret. Skynet, if you weren't paying attention, you could have just flown your whole army there and killed their, their, killed their secret. Skynet, if you weren't paying attention, you could have just flown your whole army there and killed their, their, killed their secret base. They made enough fucking noise. You've been tracking them. Oh, the they, they've got Terminators in the in the lake outside There's the base. Yeah. They've been tracking them. Oh, they, the they've got Terminators in the in the lake outside There's the base. Yeah. The helicopter literally just lowers. They, they, they've got Terminators in the in the lake outside There's the base. Yeah. The helicopter literally just lowers down right down to the water. The, in the lake outside There's the more, base. Yeah. The helicopter literally just lowers down right down to the water to see if they can see him there, which I'm like, this is completely stupid. And then the worms come out and kill those two guys on the helicopter. Uh, Connor is almost killed, but Marcus comes along and saves him, which now makes Connor believe that Marcus isn't there to kill him. Look at me. That's why I don't trust you. That's why I don't trust you. Which is different. That's why I don't trust you. Which is different. That's why I don't trust you. Which is different. You know, Connor's now saying like, look, I need to get in Skynet's base. You're different. You know, Connor's now saying like, look, I need to get in Skynet's base. You're going to help me. And Marcus is like, I will. And I'm expecting Marcus to betray him. I won't lie. First time watching this movie, I'm like, Skynet's going to take over his mind. He's a fucking machine. And it's going to turn him. I would have liked that at the end of the movie, maybe. Um maybe seeing multiple Marcuses because it would have avoided I have always wanted to get off of Arnie's face Arnie is the face of a T-800 but he's not the face of the whole entire franchise that's always been our fans faults it was our fans faults for putting me on that pedestal so every time a Terminator movie comes out <coughs> dark fate we always expect to see Arnold Schwarzenegger in it it's not the case he sends Marcus off on his way and John, you know, gets his stuff together and says to the resistance team, or he says to Kate, like, look, tell them to wait a little bit. I need to infiltrate Skynet. And I, I like this little bit. I've always loved Guns N' Roses and their music for Terminator 2 was the fucking, one of the best songs fucking in movie ever. <laughs> so again, nice callback. Yeah, yeah, and so when he sticks it on the road and he gets the bike and he takes them out, I'm like, yeah, I'm in it. I'm in it, baby. Yeah, I may not yeah. fully like this movie, but it, it's 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 telling me to go watch Terminator 2. It's telling me to watch Terminator 1 and Terminator 3 and that they all make sense. <laughs> And so we're following now Kyle going through like the metal. Again, it's another, another point where it just annoys me about Skynet. Like the Terminator in the first film, if it got its finger on Sarah Connor, it would have killed her. Yeah. You know, it would have reached down her throat and pulled out her fucking heart, yeah, according yeah. to Kyle Reese. Yeah, yeah. You know, and yet the Terminator in this film, it grabs John Connor at one point, like near the beginning, like the half of Terminator grabs John Connor and it throws him. And it's like, you had John Connor in your hands, Terminator. You could have just killed him. You could have punched his head off. Yeah. And the Terminator's like, I'm going to throw him away. And like in these cow... And killed him. You could have punched his head off. Yeah. And the Terminator's like, I'm going to throw him away. And like in these cow and containers, they recognize Kyle and they're like, oh, we'll take him away from the exactly, rest of the group. Exactly. They locate... They locate... And we'll Reese, put him in a prison. The father of the leader of the resistance. And they're like, let's barcode him and let's put him in this hospital bed. Come on, just kill him right it's, there. It's, You've got this turret thing that spots him. It's, it's like, it's, nah. it's, it's, it's James Bond villainy. I know, it, it, it is James Bond villainy because Marcus ends up waking up and he's like, I'm going to put all this new skin on me. I feel great. And now I'm going to have a quick chat with Helena Bonham Skynet. <laughs> and, and Skynet's going to be the Bond villain and go, yeah, actually, we made you to go and infiltrate because... Uh, and lure them all here. Because the signal it, means nothing. Because our rubber infiltrate because... Uh, and lure them all here. The because signal it, means nothing. Because our rubber-headed Terminators failed so badly, and obviously you succeeded, but we'll never develop any more of this technology. We're going to make the drones instead. You know, and it's like, why? Make the drones instead. You know, and it's like, why? 
Yeah, I... And Mark is like, I reject your 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 Skynet hive mind, even though Skynet seems to have personality, or whether it's just mimicking memory it's, it's personality. Mi- it's mimicking oh. this whole this this whole bit for me. Um, at the at the beginning of the movie, they were researching body parts and they were trying to cure diseases. But then Cyberdyne obviously gets into Skynet. Skynet starts to use the body parts, and maybe they'd done some things with his brain that would give them the ideas to develop. Because I understand the T six hundred are just hunting machines. They they don't do anything. They just they're basically turrets. The T eight hundred is a learning computer. It will go on to make drapes. And but so don't, don't don't most of them have their learning chips turned off by default though. Y- yes, but it's got to still have some of it so it can learn to infiltrate. Look at the T one thousand of how that one. I don't know if it's learned. learning or whether it's just been programmed from the get go. Whichever way it is, with the Marcus, the Marcus idea, I like to think this. I I don't know how it completely works out. So try and stay with me with this, but I like to think that Skynet knows partially what's going to happen because of somehow time travel. Well, that is the other thing, because when I'm watching this film, I'm like, how the hell does Skynet even know who bloody Carl Reese is? Because... Like, Carl Reese hasn't birthed the father of the leader of the Resistance yet. How does Skynet know? And then you go, well, I mean, this is like, this is just fan... You know, because kind of... it's learned all the f- reports from the past. Well, yeah, but it, it it nuked all the reports from the past. It nuked everything. Yes, but how like... fast? How fast can a supercomputer integrate all information before it destroys? I also it? want to say that most of the technology from when those other events happened, like mm. it, we're looking VHS tapes. Mm. You know, we're talking paper files. Mm-hmm. We're not talking digitized. You know, unless some police well, officer had to digitize Carl Reese's well, statements. 19, uh, yeah, but nineteen ninety-two, when they when they were going to the uh, mental ward, they've got the pictures of the Terminator, yes, they and then they've yeah. got the reports, and then they've got the reports of the attack from Terminator. I'm just, I just think it's and kind uh, kind of coincidental <laughs> that all of that managed to survive. So that Dude. Skynet, like Skynet, sat there and it's like, mm, we killed this many humans today, but you know what? We need to look at the records of every insane asylum ever to look out to see if there was ever a. It's just you, it, I know it sounds stupid, but you know what sounds even more stupid is, is Skynet not having a plan. Skynet not having a plan is just stupid because then we don't get a movie. And I'm sorry, but here we are trying to understand a movie that went through 15 different writers, 7 different companies, 10 years of fucking development, and still can't even cohesively make it understandable of what the fuck is going on. Because... It's got some good action, though, It's got it? some great action. I mean, John's got to the base and he's infiltrated in... Uh, Marcus, like we said, he's he's had his thing with Helen the Bonham Carter, and he has ripped this chip off of his back. He he knows everything. He's got all the information together, and he knows that he can't allow John and Kyle to die. You know, um, and so he has to go and rescue them. And there's this cool little thing I like uh, where the you know they they're escaping. All the humans are escaping, and John's going to look for. Kyle's cell and we keep seeing Kyle in his cell and then the 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 film tricks us because Skynet has actually put the T-800 in the cell tricks us because Skynet has actually put the T-800 in the cell and now John has to and now John has to fight it. And now John has to fight it. Now. And now John has to fight it. Now. And now John has to fight it. Now, this is where the movie says, ladies and gentlemen, here is your T-800 Arnold Schwarzenegger model that you've been waiting for throughout the whole movie. And I'm like, sweet. Now, it doesn't look right. The facial capture thing does. It's it's two thousand what two thousand nine. Yeah, you know this is way before Princess Leia did her fly through space. So they're doing their best. It kind of looks like the rubber skin version of the guy from Terminator One. But I did read up in notes that if they had not got the rights to use Arnold Schwarzenegger's likeness in this movie, we'd have never seen the face. John would have immediately shot the Terminator in this movie. We'd have never seen the face. John would have immediately shot the Terminator and damaged it and we'd have just got the T-800, which is the face of the Terminator franchise, not 
the governor of California. Okay, so it's cool to see him. Yeah, and yeah. and yeah, like, and you get the music beat, and you know, and again, like you get that moment of terror. Even jo- like Christian Bell sells it, like he sees this and he's terrified of yeah. it. Yeah, you know, and he does the run, and you know, he sells it, like he sees this and he's terrified of yeah. it. Yeah, you know, and he does the run, and you know, he tries to fight, it, and he sees this and he's terrified of yeah. it. Yeah, you know, and he does the run, and you know, he tries to fight, it, and again. It, Pisses me off because the Terminator gets hold of gets hold of his nemesis, the one target, and throws him away. Yeah, just you know? keeps throwing him around the room. I'm like, why are you doing that? Why don't you just hold him? Break his neck, break his back, and punch, punch a hole for him. We're within the movie like immediately in the whole time. But yeah, it's it's, a, it's an okay chase. Marcus gets involved in yet the Terminator analyzes Marcus and finds his heart weak point. Gives him gets involved in yet the Terminator analyzes Marcus and finds his heart weak point. Gives him the, you know, the in yet the Terminator analyzes Marcus and finds his heart weak point. Gives him the, you know, the, the death punch. <laughs> Which is cool. Like, Marcus doesn't come across as too over the top. He's strong to take on a Terminator. But Kate Brewster had already already explained to us that his body is, he's a human body integrated with cybernetic technology. So it's still human brain. So human body is, he's a human body integrated with cybernetic technology. So it's still human brain, so human heart. He is, he's a human body integrated with cybernetic technology. So it's still human brain, so human heart. Yeah, is, he's a human body integrated with cybernetic technology. So it's still human brain, so human heart. Yeah, still kind of human organs and, 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 yeah, okay, he's got pneumatic parts that he can throw, but he's still mentally it's like the matrix i suppose he he doesn't realize he can do potentially more the t800 has none of those restrictions it is just literally i'm going to kill everything and i i love the little chase sequence you know literally i'm going to kill everything and i i love the little chase sequence you know before it, uh, he gets punched in the heart there's a whole chase sequence between kyle John and Star through the factory. It's very reminiscent to Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. Yeah. Especially to the point where, you know, John's chucking Kyle onto the elevator and he's just like, you know, um, I was here to save you or I don't want you, I don't want to leave you, you didn't, you know, and there's this finally this father-son bonding moment that we never thought we you didn't, you know, and there's this finally this father-son bonding moment that we never thought we'd ever get. I also love that little nod with the with the power cores. Yes. You know, we've seen them in Terminator 3. These things are fucking nuclear. And and Christian Bell acknowledges this and says, Terminator 3, these things are fucking nuclear. And and Christian Bell acknowledges this and says, this is how we take out this facility. But when he's stabbed through the heart, like, you've just had this whole fight sequence. You get to see how he gets the scar as well. Yes, that was great. From Terminator 2, you know covering the machine like why the machine was covered in shit why didn't you just fucking bash the fuck out of it once again you're trying to elongate the movie and you don't want it to end immediately um watching him get stabbed again you're trying to elongate the movie and you don't want it to end immediately um watching him get stabbed again you're trying to elongate the movie and you don't want it to end immediately um watching him get stabbed through the and you're trying to elongate the movie and you don't want it to end immediately um, watching him get stabbed through the chest, I'm like, that would kill him instantly. To end immediately. Um, watching him get stabbed through the chest, I'm like, that would kill him instantly. Yeah, right. Um, watching him get stabbed through the chest, I'm like, that would kill him instantly. Just yeah, right, exactly. Dead. Watching him get stabbed through the chest, I'm like, that would kill him instantly. Just yeah, right, exactly. Dead. Watching him get stabbed through the chest, I'm like, that would kill him instantly. Just yeah, right, exactly. Dead. It's right through the heart. He's fucking... Well, I mean, it's not through the heart, it's through, actually, through yeah. the chest, and even Kate, like... So he's going to live for a while, but it's, like Kate says, his heart can't take it yeah. because of the trauma. Um, it's, like Kate says, his heart can't take it yeah. because of the trauma. Um, but but Marcus ripped, can't take it yeah. because of the trauma. Um, but but Marcus rips can't take it yeah. because of the trauma. Um, but but Marcus rips take it yeah. because of the trauma. Um, but but Marcus rips off the take it yeah. because of the trauma. Um, but but Marcus rips off the T yeah. because of the trauma. Um, but but Marcus rips off the T eight hundred because of the trauma. Um, but but Marcus rips off the T eight hundred's head. Um, helps carry John back outside of the facility. They destroy the facility in a massive huge nuclear explosion, which should have taken their helicopters out. <laughs> but 
<laughs> We've gone past the point of believability now, people. So, right. there was a massive, massive fan outcrying about this film's ending. Really? And that's no why way. they changed it to what it is now in the film. Oh, why? Because why? like you mentioned earlier, with the ending you wanted, yeah. uh, um, John Connor dies here. Ah. And, and then they're like, well, you know what? Like, no one really knows John Connor's face. So let's take John Connor's face off and put it on Marcus's face... And then we'll call Marcus John Connor. And then we still have our leader of our resistance. So now John Connor is a Terminator. That kind of works. But then Skynet goes, "Uh, you know what? We can actually still switch you back on. Let's switch him back on as a Terminator. And then he guns down everybody in the movie and kills everybody. No, that doesn't work. That was the ending of the movie. Because why would he... Guns down everybody in the movie and kills everybody. No, that doesn't work. That was the ending of the movie. Because why would he remove that thing out of the back of his neck? if? Because they they changed it all. That's why in the film now it's changed. So he doesn't kill everybody. Yeah, but I could totally take that whole skin face thing because no it's the fact that they killed John Connor and turned him into a Terminator which is what would happen in the next film anyway so even though they aborted it because the fan outcry and they thought they'd try it in the next one and mm. kill John and turn him into a bad Terminator oh that but... worked out for you what happened after that movie <laughs> we killed John Connor anyway but, in the past so obviously now they've decided well we're going to keep John Connor we're going to sacrifice Marcus and do the heart transplant in the middle of the radioactive desert and everything will be fine yeah, you have to have an ending, and I'm sorry, but you can't, you can't, you can't go. Oh, we don't like that ending, and we don't like that ending, and we don't like that ending, but we want an ending. You got sometimes you just got to take what you get, and you either take the devil you want or the devil. It's that easy you have. to fix this. Just have the T-800 kill Marcus with the thing through the heart, and have Connor get away. Like, that's it. Like. That's fine. That's a fine ending. Uh, yes, but you're you're thinking <laughs> for just a singular movie. They're still trying to sell this movie as a trilogy, and so building just a singular movie. They're still trying to sell this movie as a trilogy, and so they're building, trying to leave the doors open. Yeah, yeah. leaving him with a Terminator heart would then maybe in the second one. And I thought 